I was asked to just give a, a brief testimony this morning, and uh, the Lord really laid on my heart how many people are in a place of difficulty with their finances. And, and um, it struck me how many times God, I, I knew I was going to cry, <laughs> how many times God has been faithful to me in the area of my finances. It has been, I've been walking with Jesus since I was 13, and so there's been a lot of times. But I have been in a place of almost losing my house, of not knowing how I was going to feed my kids. And... God came through unbelievably, miraculously. And I think, you know, when you're at the place where you're, you're struggling with those things, it's hard, to see, it's hard to see the dawn. You know, it's always darkest before the dawn. And in the midst of that is when God wants us to call on him. That's when he wants us to come to him and ask. We're supposed to ask, you know. And when we're in those dark times, sometimes it just feels like there is no answer. But the reason he allows us to go through that is because he wants to prove himself. He wants to do that miracle for you. And there's miracles for, there's people out here who need miracles today. I know that. And I really want to assure you that God's promises are true. He is faithful. He keeps his word. And when he says he will meet every need, he will meet every need. And I'm speaking as someone who God has done that for. He's been faithful to me for 40 years. And he'll do it for you too. Morning. He has risen indeed. Hallelujah. Okay. They went. They went. You know, last night Pastor Jeff called us and broke my heart. You know, that man has been here for going on 40 years. It seems like forever. And when he was saying this is going to be the first summer or first Easter that he has missed, that tells you how sick that man is. You know, there's a lot of sickness going around right now. So many of you came in today and we could just tell you were sick. And so I want you to remember people in your prayers today as we remember what this is all about. But when he said that, when Jeff said, we're going we're gonna to have you do a testimony, you know, Kay and I looked at each other and we went, you know, so many of you know us, have been in our houses, have been to our Bible studies and counseling and things in our house we've known for years, and you've heard our testimony my testimony is 67 years long. And I'm not going to do that right now to you. Believe me. <laughs> but what I'm going to say, I was talking to Pastor Rob this morning, and he said, well, what, you know, what are you going to do? And, and we were talking about today is the day of ultimate victory. And testimony is the V word. Testimony is victory in your life. Kay and I have one minute by minute, Day by day, every day. It's a brand new testimony from the minute we wake up and wake up in victory till the minute we go to bed in victory. I want you to understand something. God promises you victory. Open your eyes and look for the victories. It's like Pastor Jeff told us. Look through the windshield where you're going don't look in the rearview mirror where you've been. Victory is ahead. Your promised victory 
Reach out and grab hold of those victories. Identify those victories on a daily basis. Count on those victories. Give praise to God in the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what we're going to celebrate today is the victory in Jesus. If you came for a traditional Easter service, you came to the wrong place. But we're glad you did come. Because everything we are is about putting skin on the things of Jesus. It's got to be real. It can't be just what stories we read in the Bible. It can't be things that we learned in Sunday school when we were a kid. It needs to be practical and we need to be able to apply these things in our life. And that's why we have different testimonies today. We're going to worship some throughout the time. We're going to have some testimonies and, and some preaching. It's an, uh, we, I want to say, as, as Mike began to say, Pastor Jeff is ill. Um, he's on the road to recovery, but he's, he's out. He's, he's strep, contagious, and um, he didn't want to come here and get you all sick also. And, uh, and we're just really praying. And I'll tell you, I believe that the enemy has been, a, been just trying to attack because, see, we're having some breakthroughs. And there's victory coming. And so we're just going to continue to worship Jesus. We're going to continue to press back those things. We're going to claim the victories that Jesus promised us in His Word as we go. But um, let's, uh, we're, going to, we're going to sing again. We're going to worship. And um, just to let you know, where, where this, this, this started about 8.30 last night when I left the memorial service for Tommy. Uh, Pastor Jeff called me and says, Guess what? You get to lead service tomorrow. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and so, but we've just been rely, we're just going to rely on God. We're going to worship Him. And uh, so, um, this morning, you know, praise God. We've got testimonies happening all around us last night. Wonderful testimonies. And, and uh, but when Una, Una came in this morning, um, which was wonderful to see her, you know, I says, Oh, by the way, Una, you're going to help to lead us in some worship. Let's, let's sing Amazing Grace. Can we do that? Hallelujah. I don't know if we had that on the words. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we continue on, I want you to be thinking, do you have chains in your life? Are there some things that you feel bound by still? God's going to do some miracles today. And He's going to set you free from some of these chains that you're carrying. Just be ready. God's going to move today. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Hannah to come and share part of her story and testimony. And, and Hey. Um, for those of you who may not recognize me, it's because I've been away at college. Um, I'm at Biola and... Um, God is just doing amazing things. I love it there. It's great. And uh, so last night when PJ called me to ask uh, if I would share my testimony or talk or do something, I, I wasn't really sure what to say. I'm like, well, I've always been kind of weird about sharing my testimony, and I didn't know. It's like, well, I've, you know, I'm, I don't have a very exciting life or an exciting story, but. I was thinking about it, and it's really, it's not about me. It's not about the things that I've done or I've been through. It's about the things that God's done in my life. And um, I just, He is so faithful for, I mean, everything in my life. I've been through a lot of stuff. Um, 
good and bad and through it all he's provided and he's turned all of those things um, into good. I mean, he is just incredibly faithful. I was journaling a couple days ago. Um, I was reading, I was going through this uh, hymn, When Peace Like a River, and it said, when though Satan should buffet, I mean, though like he's going to keep attacking us and there's things in our life that he's going to just keep pounding on our hearts and try and break us down. But um, through all of that, I just, I mean, God is so incredibly faithful and, um, you know, it's not about us. And, I mean, his death on the cross was incredible. And, I mean, there's things in my life that um, God's working on and, you know, I'm, you know, so sinful, and I just keep, you know, forgetting those things and the promises that I make to God. But um, he, he died so that, you know, I could live, and he does amazing things so that, you know, I can, you know, he does things through me. Um, I don't know why he'd use someone like me or vessels like any of us, but he does, and um, he's just so incredibly faithful. And I think. Um, through our, you know, our pain, it's easy to, um, to be downcast. But, I mean, I think we need to remember, especially on Easter, that the joy that comes in his resurrection. I mean, if Paul talks about, um, if, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then all we believe in would be nothing. And he did. And it's because of that that we, that we're alive and that we live and move and breathe and that he provides for all of us. Um, so I just want to encourage you to, to live in that and live in that joy knowing that he was resurrected, that he didn't stay dead, but he came back and lives still. And he lives in all of our lives. And we need to, be living, walking testimonies of that and show his life wherever we are. So. When Jesus was crucified, his disciples were shocked. They didn't have much hope. They were lost. In fact, they did what most of us would do and maybe have done when the chips are down. They went back to what they knew. When Jesus rose and he found them, they were fishing because that's what they knew to do. They didn't, they couldn't grasp what Jesus was trying to tell them. Destroy this temple and in three days I will rebuild it. They were fearful. We can relate with the fear that comes. But we have something that the disciples didn't at that moment. We have the risen Savior. See, they had to go through three days without a risen Savior. We have never, ever lived one moment without a risen Savior. But we need to believe it. See, all the, the stories of the Bible are useless unless we grab onto them and truly believe that they are true. Even in John's writing, if you read the account of, of the crucifixion of Jesus, John says, this is a faithful and true witness. I tell you the truth. 
believe it. We look back now and say it can be true, but you might be, you still could be in here going, do I really believe it? I want to tell you that there is more literature proof of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus, more literary proof that Jesus lived, that he was crucified, and that he rose again. There is more proof in those things in writing than there is that Julius Caesar ever lived. There's more proof of, of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection than the proof that Alexander the Great died at 33 years old. But you go to school and you'll find all the information on those facts. And we have no problem believing that, church. We need to believe what is written in this book from cover to cover. And we need to begin to hold on to it, for it is true. There is a spiritual war going on today. And you felt it. Depression. Discouragement. Apathy. Oppression. And God is saying today, we're going to break off those chains. We're going to begin to get into the Word and believe it and no longer bow down to the things of the enemy. The problem is they come in subtly. That's why I began to say, what's in your life today? I want you to begin to pray and seek even as we're sitting here. God, realize that you are not, many of you are not walking where God wants you to. Not that you're walking in sin, but that God wants you to walk in victory. Amen. We need to begin to walk in the truth. You know, the finances, the, the issue we face in the financial realm today is really difficult for us. But I you know, I lived for three years in Guatemala, Central America. We're still all filthy rich. Every one of us is filthy rich in this room. The pressures are real. See, God's not concerned about those things as much as He's concerned about are we living in victory spiritually? Are we living in victory for Him? We need to begin to believe that the Word of God is true. Hallelujah. Before I get on, we got to... Alright, I'm going to ask Josh Bailey to come and share just a little bit what's on his heart. We know what's really good about this. I really don't know what anyone's going to share. And we're just believing that God is just going to weave something together. And uh, I mean, so much that I don't know what's going. I don't know if you saw Hannah come to me as I was worshiping. She came and whispered in my ear, Pastor Jeff asked me to share too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyone else? You know? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thanks. I actually didn't find out that uh, I was going to be sharing until this morning, so I'm going to look at here. Um, my testimony is uh, it's really not all that grand. Um, I'd like to say that I was a, a skinhead. Uh, biker leader, they have a biker gang, you used to have to beat people up for fun. But, yeah, it's just not true. <laughs> uh, I grew up in a very non-liturgical home, uh, very simple, uh, very you know, uh, anti-Christ, anti-God. Uh, once I got out of my home and went into the military, uh, Jesus got a hold of me. Uh, my testimony is uh, really summed up in one verse. It says, uh, while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. And through a lot of my own personal uh, Bible study and, and time with uh, the Lord, God has likened my character and my disposition to that of Peter. And it was confirmed to me one time when uh, uh, my father-in-law, Pastor Jeff, said, uh, <laughs> he says, you are so impetuous. <laughs> and at the time, I, I was like, yeah, that's awesome, because I'm kind of like my, my role model, Peter. And, uh, you know, in comparing my life to his, you know, uh, Peter owned his own business. He was a fisherman. Um, I own my own business. I'm a general contractor. Um, he was kind of a knothead. I'm kind of a knothead. Um, you know, but Jesus called Peter out one day, and he went and followed him. Peter saw amazing, amazing, amazing things that we would give, you know, a lot to see. Peter saw people, you know, miraculous, or truly amazing miracles that Jesus did, uh, raising people from the dead, mm-hmm. you know, healings. Uh, Peter himself, you know, walked on water. Um, <laughs> no, I don't walk on water. <laughs> um, uh, Peter was on the, uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw Jesus transfigured into glory. He saw Moses and Elijah there as well. And, you know, Peter being a knothead, should we make a tent for all three of you guys? <laughs> you know, it's, he saw these am- amazing things that all of us, you know, we don't have that kind of testimony by any means. Um, he was, again, he was a personal witness of uh, Jesus' life and his miracles. Now, the thing that intrigued me about Peter is after spending three years of intimate one-on-one fellowship with Jesus, hearing his words, seeing his life, when Jesus was crucified, Peter denied him. Now, you think about that. <clears throat> we tend to beat ourselves up because, you know, we make a mistake or we don't do something right or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Imagine how Peter felt. He knew Jesus intimately for three years. He saw the miracles. He partook of the miracles. Yet he uh, still denied them. And, you know, in my own personal life, you know, I've done that myself by my actions, by my words. Um, But now after uh, Jesus rose from the dead, what did he do? He reinstated Peter, you know, three times, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love me. Feed my sheep, uh, feed my lambs, take care of my flock. Peter became the leader of the apostles. He became a man. (laughs) You think about uh, at Pentecost, he preached a sermon and 3,000 people got saved on one day. After that, he uh, uh, went and uh, told a beggar, you know, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In Jesus' name, get up and walk. Um... A woman died. He raised her from the, from the grave. I mean, amazing, amazing things. Now, was that Peter? No. Peter is just a, a normal guy, a normal knothead like myself. But it was Jesus that called him, that did the work. And it was nothing that Peter did. In my, you know, in my estimation, it was all of Jesus. The thing I want to leave with is this... Um, For it is by grace that we are saved, not by works, lest any man should boast. There's a lot of legalism in our society. Uh, rules that we put upon the rules, if you will. Uh, things that you're supposed to do, or that um, history says you're supposed to do, that God never intended for us to do. And you know, a lot of that is uh, you know, works under salvation. 
you know, we cannot add anything to what Jesus has done. It's all about Jesus. The book is about Jesus from cover to cover. It's all about Jesus. Our salvation is about Jesus and what he did. And that's my testimony, basically. Um, I'm living proof. I mean, I'm impetuous, not head, and uh, make a lot of mistakes. But, you know, by God's grace, I am saved and continue to do what he's called me to do. So that's all. Thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need to get some notes going here. I'm going to be real spiritual for a moment. Who saw the movie with Bill Murray, Groundhog Day? Oh, good. We got a little bit of reference in there. It's a great spiritual Christian. No, it's really not at all. But for those who didn't, Bill Murray is a reporter, and he gets stuck in Punxsutawney where Phil, the little groundhog, comes out and sees his shadow. And he's there reporting on whether or not he's going to see his shadow. So he does his report, has a bad day, he's not a very good, good guy. Next morning he wakes up in the hotel, and the day before started over again. And he had to live Groundhog Day again. And then he went to sleep and he had to live it again and again and again. It's kind of fun. During the process, he decided that he wanted to have a relationship with one of the other reporters. So he began to go and ask her things about her. It's a new day. No one else knows it's happening over. Only he does. So he began to learn things about her. Every day, just walk up to her and say, what's your favorite color? Make a note. She he walk away. He got a lot of information about her. And then he began to court her. After he knew everything about her, he set up the perfect date. He manipulated her the best possible way. He did everything right. And the date was going really, really good until he did one wrong thing right before the end and she slaps him. So then he tries the next day. She doesn't remember it because it's Groundhog Day thing. And each day it got shorter and shorter and she's slapping him quicker and quicker. He was trying to do all the right things to have a relationship with her. It didn't change until his heart changed. You know, on the last day, it was a wonderful day. He even made an ice sculptor of her. He learned how to ice sculpt. He learned how to do everything. I mean, he lived there for years. And, and I remember he said, I could sculpt you in my sleep. He went from the point of having to do all the right things to just get what he wanted to falling in love with this person. Josh talked about living by faith or by works. Let's not be people of works. We're just doing, trying to do the right things. But let's fall back in love with Jesus to where we can say, I know what you would want to do in this situation. I've watched you. I've listened to you. I've learned about you. I love you so much. My Jesus is calling us forward to a walk in intimacy, belief, faith. He wants us to trust fully in Him because He's fully able to be trusted. 1 Corinthians 15 talks. The whole chapter is a wonderful chapter. It talks about if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then our faith is useless. 
Jesus conquered the grave so that we could also. Jesus conquered death that we might also. Exodus 14 says, Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. In Ephesians 2, it says that God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. We have the victory in Him. We need to just continue to press in and shake off these things. We have the victory. Isaiah, I love this scripture. Isaiah 43 says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, He who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Notice it doesn't say, you won't walk through the river. You won't walk through the fire. It didn't say that, church. If it did, then, then, then we're, no wonder people are going, man, this stuff doesn't work, man, it's not true. It says when you walk through it, they won't sweep you away. We can trust in Him. He's going to see you through. He has the victory and He wants to give you the victory. He wants to give me the victory. Even the disciples didn't believe the report when they first heard that Jesus was risen from the dead. We need to begin to stir that faith up. It doesn't come... It's a gift. Faith is even a gift. We have to stir that gift up. We have to begin to move closer to Jesus. Let that faith be built up. We need to begin to pray more. Pray even in the Holy Ghost. Jude says, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. We need to begin to press into Jesus so that we'll look just like Him. My kids, I've got four. They, they, they like to play with Play-Doh. And we have a lot of these forms. You know, we have the McDonald's Play-Doh factory and we can make French fries and stuff. And you take that Play-Doh and you push it into the form and it comes out looking just like a French fry. Let's become soft and press into Jesus and come out looking just like Him. You know, when you get that hard clay, you got to soften it up a little bit. How are you today? Do you need some kneading? Do you, you know, if you ever worked with ceramics, you know you've got to knead that clay and get it all warm and soft. And every once in a while you find a little hard piece of clay in there and you get out that little knife thing and chop that little hard part up and squish it back in there. And God wants to do that with some of us today. He wants to knead you, soften you up. Hmm. See, He's faithful. He's faithful. And set us free. In John ten, twenty eight, it says, I have I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. And that's us. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at, 
You could be in this room going, I've never even made a decision for Christ. I just know that on Easter, I'm American. I need to go to church. (laughs) Welcome. I'm glad you came. Maybe you've never made that decision. Let God continue to stir you. This morning, I asked someone to give a testimony. I actually didn't ask because I knew he'd say no. And uh, as I was telling who was going to share this morning, I says, yeah, there's one guy who's going to share his testimony. He doesn't even know he's going to share it yet. And uh, But he got saved on Easter. I was off by a week. I thought he got saved on Easter. He got saved the week after Easter, dedicated his life the week after. And I'm looking at him and he's going, oh, that's really cool. Who is it? I go, man, he must be related to Josh. He's a knothead. It's my big brother. And uh, next, you know, he got saved the week after Easter, but he said it was April 5th. That's tomorrow. So I'm going to ask him to come and share his testimony. I mean, I share it for him all over. He doesn't know. I mean, I've shared his testimony all over. Would you like to share it now? <laughs> <laughs> Before I faint. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really used to speaking in public. You might think I'm okay about it behind the guitar and leading worship, but it kind of gets to me. But he lives, and he lives in my heart every day, but it, it hasn't always been that way. For a few of you that don't know who I am, my name is Gary, and I'm a happily married uh, member here of Big Bear Christian Center. I've uh, been on the worship team for 13 years now. And uh, But my life is drastically different than it was prior to coming here in 1997. Uh, regardless of what kind of uh, lives we had before Christ, the one thing, that we were all uh, empty in whatever we had. There's an emptiness. We could have had money. We could have been chasing fame. We, uh, we could have living, uh, having you know, multiple sex partners, whatever, but there's always an emptiness. But my life was filled as I was seeking you know, seeking what there was in life, just wondering what life was all about. I got into the road of uh, drugs and alcohol because it was prevalent in the 70s. So it, for 20 years, I was an IV drug user and uh, alcoholic and lying, cheating, thieving, stealing, you know, adulterous, blasphemer. You know, I was on my way to hell. And all just because of being empty and seeking, but that's still going to get you there anyway. But 13 years ago, tomorrow, I I came to this church, and I'd been here a few times before, and I had had an experience with God, but I just I just wandered off. It, you know, it was mostly probably for for the wrong reasons. It wasn't based on faith. But I came here it was a week after Easter, and I was at the end of my rope. I still had been uh, shooting up drugs. I'd just moved back here with my mom from Arizona. We came to a service here, and they had an altar call for deliverance and everything. And I came forward, and I got prayed for. I left it all up front here. I left it all right here. God touched me in a mighty way. And uh, I, after I left here, I went home. I threw away my needles and my drugs. I, I never looked back. And uh, so no matter where you are in life, you can, you can come to the cross. He forgives you. And my walk isn't perfect, but the things I deal with are a whole lot different than they used to be. You know? But God sees me through. It's like Rob's saying, he doesn't promise that we're not going to walk through the fire. 
You know, I think Christians walk away because they'll end up someplace that tells you, oh, you get saved and life is going to be woohoo, you know, he's going to give you a Mercedes and he's going to, your life's, you know, no. Actually, your struggles are the same, sometimes even more. But you have somebody that will walk with you through everything, no matter what. So, you know, so my testimony is I just praise God. So Easter is a special time for me. So uh, thank you. He's getting better at that, isn't he? You know, I, I watched the transformation. It was real. There, there were some really cool parts. I'm going to share them because I want you to know the power of God, His mercy, and His love in things that happened with Gary. One, when you're an alcoholic, you don't quit like that without problems. When you're an IV drug user, you don't just one day go, I'm just not going to do drugs anymore and are okay. He was so delivered, he didn't have withdrawals. He was mightily delivered, body and mind, so much that a few months later, he found drugs in his drawer that was like you know, somewhere else that he had forgotten to throw away. When you're a drug user, you don't forget where your drugs are. Miraculously delivered. Now, this is a fun, but this is a this is a great part too. At the altar that day, I'm giving all. I, I hope he doesn't mind. I'm sharing these things. You know, he knew at the altar. He says he knew he was delivered, and he was praying. And he says, "God, don't take the cigarettes." <laughs> he says, "I can't do the cigarettes too." And he said. In six months, if I'm still walking with you, I'll give them to you then. And, and, and I don't know what God said. My, my rendition is God says, okay. <laughs> so, you know, he was, he was, you know, drumming on the worship team. If you, I want to encourage you, if you ever see someone do something you think is just crazy, it might be of God. The worship leader at that time put him on the worship team the week after he got saved. I've been leading worship a long time. I wouldn't have done it. But it was led by God, and that's one of the things that helped him stick. So don't, don't be too quick to judge. Sometimes people are hearing do something silly, like lay on the right side for six months. And lay on there. Sometimes God is telling people to do silly things. Don't be too quick to judge. So after a few months, though, he began to kind of go, man, I'm on the worship team, and I'm serving. I should probably start quit smoking, and you know, and so... He did the Nicorette gum thing and he got the patch and he was trying to wean off. And one day, and he was just barely into this process of quitting, he goes, this is just dumb. And he takes off his patch and he threw his cigarettes away and he says, I quit. A couple days later, when he is looking back at the calendar to see how long he had not smoked, he realized that it was six months to the day that he says, I'll quit in six months if I'm still serving you. God is good. God is faithful. He will pull you out of the darkness. He will give you mercy. He will give you grace. He will walk with you. He will strengthen you. And He won't make you perfect. 
though He will perfect you. We're not ever going to be sin-free until we're in heaven, but He's going to begin to work something in you. He's going to take things away as we press into Him. And it's not just sin that He wants to deal with. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal your hurts, your pains, your struggles. Those things maybe you've carried from your childhood all the way into adulthood. He wants to heal you emotionally. He gives us the victory. Matthew 12.20 says, A bruised reed He will not break, and a smoldering wick He will not snuff out. Till He leads justice to victory. He's not going to destroy you. He's going to bring you into victory. In 1 Corinthians 15, again, that would be a wonderful passage for you to read right, right in the next day or two, right because of its Easter time. But in verse 54, it says, When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Jesus Christ went to the grave for us. He won the victory for us. The cross, the price was paid at the cross and it was proven in the resurrection. It was paid on the cross and proven through the resurrection. It's true. He lives. He lives in us. He wants to set us free today. He wants to do ministry. Today we're going we're gonna to do a couple of things this morning. We're going to worship one more song. We're going to have an altar time. We're going to have some time that you can come forward and receive prayer. At the end of the altar time, we're going to just set up the communion on, on the front row in, in, um, of chairs here. And after you've come and prayed, in fact, actually what I think, after you've come and prayed or stayed in your seat and prayed, when you feel ready, you come by and take communion. See, communion is that time that we celebrate what Jesus did. We were joking today, saying, oh, we can't do communion because it's, it's not the right time in the liturgy. And, and theologically, we should only do communion on Thursday, uh, not on Sunday. We don't live like that. See, communion. See, Jesus celebrated the Passover, had communion Thursday before he was betrayed. And some churches might stand to that, go, no, we shouldn't do it today. Now, communion is about communion with Jesus. We're going to celebrate what He did on the cross. His blood. His body. You know, His blood was spilt for our sins. His body was crushed for our sickness. He, When He went to the cross, He wanted to do a whole work, not just spiritually. He also wanted to do a work in us physically and emotionally and mentally. He wants to come and touch you today. So as we get ready, we're going to worship and, and, and have a time of just, just prayer. I'm going to move some things around. You can come and, and prayer and, and have prayer. You can receive prayer. I'm going to ask some of our leaders to be aware of people who need prayer up here. So we can come and lay hands on if you want. You don't have to. You can just come and do business here. You can, you can stay in your seat and just pray and spend time thinking about these things, saying, God, I need a victory. God, I need to be touched. Lord, I don't want to live under this oppression any longer. Whatever it is, give it to Him. Be set free today. He's risen. He's risen. 
And we want to celebrate that and walk away today not just knowing that He is victorious. We want to walk away today knowing that we are victorious. We want to walk away in victory. Una, lead us in worship. Hallelujah.
lost for words so lost in love I am sweetly broken holy surrendered at the cross you beckon me draw me gently to my knees and I am lost for words so lost in love I am sweetly broken holy to come father to die that we might live god i pray you continue to do a stirring right now god stir us in this room god stir us into coming into commitment coming into worship laying down those burdens laying down those things that hinder us god in the name of jesus lord the word says that if we bind god to bind what's on earth god we just bind sin in the name of Jesus. We bind the oppressor in the name of Jesus. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven. We proclaim today, God, that the oppression and depression is broken off in the name of Jesus. God, we pray for a spirit of victory. We pray for a spirit of victory. Understanding that we walk in power. We walk in all the things that you purchased at the cross. Hallelujah, Lord. Sweetly broken, holy surrender. At the cross you beckon me. Draw me gently to my knees and I am lost for words. So lost in love I am. continue to worship and be in the spirit wait on one another but whenever you feel free to, to, to take in community go ahead and do that hallelujah at the cross you beckon me draw me gently to my knees and I am lost for words so Lost in love I am, sweetly broken, holy surrender. You know, if you've come this morning and don't know Jesus, there's nothing magical 
that needs to happen in order to you for you to receive Christ and become saved. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. In the book of Romans, it gives us those things that need to happen in order for us to be saved. And it says that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Every one of us, every one of us today, whether we were the drug addict, the down and outer, or the up and inner, See, nobody is without sin. We're all sinners. And in Romans 6, it says that the wages of sin, the thing that we receive for that sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Free. We don't have to earn it. We just have to say, God, I've sinned. I know I've sinned. That makes me a sinner. I need forgiveness of my sins. Your sacrifice on the cross was for my sins and I receive it today. I believe that you are the Son of God. That you died on the cross. That you were raised again. I confess that and I believe that today. I make a commitment to follow you and turn away from my old ways. But I need your help. I can't do it on my own. Come into my life. Strengthen me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. When you went to sit with the Father in heaven, you said that you would go and prepare a place for us and that you would send your Holy Spirit. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. Help me to follow you all of my days. Jesus' name. Amen. That attitude in your heart, those things, is what caused, if you do those things, that's when salvation happened. And if you said that prayer, if you made that commitment today, don't leave here without finding somebody and telling them, I prayed that prayer. I committed my life to Jesus today. We want to help you grow. The Bible would call that moment being born again. And so if you were just born, we don't want to leave you. We want to help to nourish you and strengthen you today. We want to help you to learn what Jesus is about, who He is, and to get to know Him intimately. I'm going to ask at the end of service that some of the cell leaders would come up here and just be ready in case somebody wants to come and pray. Whether it's pray for salvation if you didn't just pray with me. Pray for healing or deliverance. Or if you want to come and meet 
one of these leaders. The, the people will be standing up here. They lead small groups in their home where they disciple one another and they pray for one another. And we can get to know some of them and connect and maybe meet in a home this week. This is a great day. At the beginning of service, we said, He is risen. He is risen indeed. If you made that confession and made that commitment ever in your life, you know, we get to say, I am risen. I am risen indeed. I'm alive forevermore. You're alive forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In all this, I didn't have my communion. God, we thank you for your body and your blood. God, I thank you that so many people in here, that they had a moment with you today. God, that we receive the victory that you accomplished through the cross. We appropriate it to ourselves today. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your body broken. special guest who's come just at the end of service and uh, we're going to listen to him in just a moment but before we do I want to make sure was there anyone else who you really feel like you need something big and you, you, you want it now you want it right here up front like I said after service I'm going to ask the so I know it's Easter and I know we have dinners and lunches and and all these wonderful things we're going to do but I'm going to ask just the sellers to stay for a few minutes so that we can make sure that we meet any of your needs. But I want to make sure, is there anyone who really feels that they want to come now and make any type of profession of faith or just receive prayer before we listen to our, our special guest? Hallelujah. I want to thank Unis for coming and leading us in a time of worship. you feel God move today? If not, keep coming back. You know, sometimes you just got to press through. I hope we didn't scare you away. And, uh, but, but we just want to, we, we like to do business with God and really get in there. And so keep coming. If this was a little strange for you, you know, you'll get used to it. You'll get used to it. When I first came to a church that was was different when I before I, I did rededicate my life to Lord. I went to a the Assemblies of God church and and they were speaking in this funny language and doing all these weird things and I just I thought they were crazy. I mean I couldn't wait for them to say Amen so that I could run out the back door and and I literally we got out the back door and I was still in their parking lot when I began to laugh hysterically over the crazy people couldn't believe that they were, I mean, they were waving their hands and speaking this weird language. 
I thought it was crazy. And then a week or two later, I ended up at this church. And I want to tell you, that was 25 years ago. This, this service was definitely tame, for sure. It was just pretty normal. They were, they were kooky here. But see, God got a whole... I point over there because we met in this little tiny room right over here. It's a 20 by 20 little box. And, uh, and God got a hold of me. And I kept coming. And after a while, the kookiness wore off. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in a funny language myself. And uh, so just keep coming. And if you have questions about things that we believe, I'll sit with you and explain them biblically from the Bible. We have scriptural belief for everything we do here. And uh, we want to encourage you to press into Jesus. We want to help you grow. But we're going to have a special message from our special visitor today. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And I'm thinking that by now you guys have had a great time of celebrating that fact. It's still Easter no matter where I am. And Jesus is here with me as he's been with you. I am extremely sorry that I could not celebrate there with you this morning. But I, I wasn't going to let the enemy get the upper hand on me. So I'm trying this to just send my greetings and extend my love to you and say God bless you for showing up today and giving Jesus the glory that's due his name. I know some of you got up real early and did the sunrise service too, and uh, I know Jesus was honored there. I'm grateful that when we go through these battles, we know that the grave is empty, the tomb is open forever, and we have an assurance that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for us, so that we can reinforce his victory at Calvary throughout the rest of our lives. I'm also assured this morning that because Jesus is here with me today and he's there with you, that his ability to be with us all the time, wherever we are, is a fact that we should never overlook. He's going to meet with us in our living rooms, in our businesses, all around our community, and wherever we gather, two or three, in his name. God bless you today. Have a great Easter. Share the love of Jesus with your friends and your family as you gather this afternoon. And I'm going to see you soon. Sorry I couldn't be with you. I think he released us. Amen. For those of you who didn't know, that was Pastor Jeff. That is Pastor Jeff. I want to say I'm like, was. He's not in the past tense. That is Pastor Jeff. And uh, the senior pastor here at Big Bear Christian Center. You know, before you, as you go out, meet a few new people, get to know someone. It's been great to have you come and worship with us today, and, uh, and God bless you. Have a wonderful Easter. Oh. Testimonies. I saw this thing on YouTube once. It's called Cardboard Testimony. Have you seen that? No. Go to YouTube, type in Cardboard Testimony. A church in Ohio did this, and I just thought it would be neat if someday our church did this. For people that are shy at talking, uh-huh. they get a piece of cardboard and they just write on one side, like someone wrote, into drugs, and this, and the other side it says, Jesus. And they don't say anything. They just